Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome into the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five star review. I'm Lee Merrill, joined by Craig Morgan and Steve Peters as always, but we are welcoming in a very special guest today, Zach Lynn, the drummer for the band Jimmy Eat World. Zach, thank you so much for joining the show. Welcome in. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be here. Awesome. This is basically going to be like three groupies interviewing uh, yeah. in the next hour. What's uh, it like in coming? I come on the bus. <laughs> Seriously, we we got to get started. Like I, I I want to run through a lot of things that we, we've been talking about this show for I don't know how long now, but let's just get some basic biographical information on sure. your Arizona history. Just tell us where you grew up, where the band grew up, where you went to school, all those sorts of things. Zach. Yeah, so was born and raised here. Uh, grew up in Mesa. And um, all the guys in the band grew up in Mesa, too, like within a few miles of each other. Uh, Jim and I, who uh, Jim's a singer, he um, he and I went to preschool together. So and then we like went to junior high and high school together. And then uh, the other two guys met in junior high. And then we kind of joined forces in high school. They went to Westwood. We went to Mountain View. Um, And so just kind of uh, started out just like his four buddies. Um, playing music in my parents' garage. Wow. Like at what age then did you start? So the band started during our senior year. So um, we kind of, uh, both Jim and I had been in different little bands here and there. Uh, I was actually in a band with Tom first, another band, and then that band like disintegrated. So Tom and I were looking for, uh, to kind of build something back up. Yeah. And I'd always, I grow, growing up with Jim, I always knew like, he and I played together all the time, but we were never really in a band together. You know, he would bring his guitar over and into my room and we'd jam um, Metallica songs or Guns N' Roses songs. Mm-hmm. And Jim was a really, really good guitar player. And I knew that, but we just didn't, didn't hadn't played in a band yet. So I was like, I got to get, I got to get Tom and Jim together. Yeah. And it was, and so once we did that, I was like, okay, this, this works. And then uh, we added Rick um, and the rest is history. Did you always play drums? Were you playing other instruments as well? I or? started out playing like saxophone. So I started out playing music at, at school, just like in a, you know, I went to Hawthorne Elementary School uh, in Mesa and um, just the kind of like all the kids just were like picking instruments. So it was just kind of the thing to do. Yeah. I thought I'll play saxophone. I think that's kind of a cool instrument or whatever. 
and I was really bad at it. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and you know how like you have the band class, but then like all the kids go to like general music class. Yeah. And they had like a set of these toms, like a roto toms there. And I was like, just drawn to them and like hitting, hitting the toms. And, and the music teacher was just like, Hey, like, you know, you, you, you seem to like, that's kind of coming natural to you. Like you should play the drums. And nice. she didn't really know that I sucked at saxophone. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. You know? And so, um, and I was always getting trouble for tapping my pencil in class. And so I ask you that, Zach, were you a violent child? Is that what you <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think I was a violent child, but like I had kind of that, I probably definitely was like undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> um, and, and so, but once I started the drums, it was like, it was interesting because the saxophone was kind of like uphill climb for me and I couldn't quite get it. But when I like started playing the drums, like, Oh, like I'm, this is easy. Like this comes naturally to me. And so I, I instantly fell in so love with it. Interesting. Did anyone in your family have a music background? What drew you to it in the first place? Um, I'd always liked music, uh, you know, like different bands, but like, no, like my, my family was really a sports family. Like my dad was a professional baseball player. And then after he played, he, coached professionally and scouted professionally and then so it was very like much a baseball sports oriented family um probably the most musical person in my family was my grandma my dad's mom and so she he, uh my dad's father was a, a preacher and like my grandma was like the piano lady or the organist wow, okay. and so she had a great voice and played piano all the time and uh and i have her I actually have her piano in my house now which is wow. cool like but yeah, that was pretty much it for our family. I'll ask one more question. And I'll stop monopolizing. Uh, <laughs> when you when did you start playing gigs? What did that all look like? Where did you where did you find gigs, and how did it build from there to? Jeez, being a rock star, yeah, which yeah. is what everybody <laughs> wants yeah. in life. It just happens overnight, Craig. <laughs> I mean, when we started, it was like we were in high school, so we would do kind of high school parties at houses. Like that was those were like wow. our first gigs. You know, like yeah. I think our first show ever was. Um, some friends of ours, uh, these girls worked at um, Name Brand Exchange on like Val Vista and Southern, and they wanted to do some concert in like their the the back like stock room. So we're like, sure, we'll do that. And I think it was like Valentine's Day we did it, and that was our first show ever. And we were probably terrible, but we thought we were awesome. Like oh, <laughs> that's, that's so really cool. cool. And like <laughs> as time went on, it was just kind of like when we started playing out and and uh, playing a little bit locally, we would just say, hey you know, we want to play a show. So then we played a show like at an actual club. Um, and then, uh, but th one of the limitations when we started is we were all underage. So we couldn't go to like the Tempe bar scene and play long longs. We couldn't do yeah. the normal stuff. So we always kind of had to like improvise. We, there's always some sketchy like storage place that someone was doing shows at. So it was just weird things like that, weird venues. And so, um, but as time went on, we just kind of, local promoters started understanding like we had a little bit of a following we could play pretty well and we just started making goals of like oh this band's coming into town we really like them we want to try and like open up for them or something so that was like our first kind of goal and then they're like oh it'd be cool to play a show out of state somewhere and we didn't really care where we played we weren't picky we just like just somewhere like whatever yeah good well yeah. it's funny because i'm a parent of a, of a son and at that age when you have to pick up an instrument we went through that at our house and he was going, oh, I want to play trumpet and saxophone. And he settled on the drums. And cool. I will say this as a parent, if you live in a smaller place, <laughs> not the best choice as a parent. And what worked out great for you, you had a garage. Yeah. We didn't have a garage. And it was you get home from work and you're like, oh, shit, we got to do this again. Yeah. So and for him, it didn't last long as a parent. I guess that's good. 
Now let's talk about the name of okay. your band. Yeah. Because it's unique. It's interesting. And that's yeah. got to be one of the hardest things to band. We got to have a cool name. We got to have a name. Like it's unique, but how do you come up with Jimmy World? Yeah, so it's like talking about that first show we did. Um we didn't really have a name before that and we got, you know, once they sort of hired us to play that, we're like, "Oh, well, we got to figure out a name." And um and so we we just we literally sat at my kitchen table or a ki- kitchen counter for like five minutes and talked about it and then landed on Jimmy Eat World and then and didn't think it would have like these ramifications. We just thought it was kind of like a dumb joke name. <laughs> but uh, the name comes from Tom. Uh, his he had two younger brothers um, and the the younger one was kind of like the scrawny younger uh, you know, underdog kid. And then the older younger brother of, of Tom's younger brother was, uh, kind of a really big, I mean, like right now, like this guy's a massive ripped dude. He's huge, but he was just so big and they were kind of fighting. And so because the younger one was like, couldn't really do anything like to beat up his brother Mm -hmm. or anything, he decided he was going to draw, make a drawing, making fun of like, at the time that kid, it was like a little chubby and overweight, even though he was a really big kid. So he he said Jimmy Eat World and he drew a picture of his brother eating the world, kind of making fun of his how, how like chubby he was. And then he I think he put it up on like his bedroom door or the refrigerator or something like that. And it was just kind of like this funny story, like and because the kid was young, he didn't really understand like how to like properly, you know. So we just thought that was a funny story. We're like, yeah, well, let's just call it Jimmy Eat World. And we literally discussed it for like five minutes. And that was it. And and that was it. And and like I've I've like one of my best advice that I can give to young bands is like think about the acronym to your name because that's important. Like with merch, like we could never use like an acronym because it would yeah. just be like confusing. Like wait, uh, what, but yeah. uh, so. Yeah. But, uh, wow. Yeah. 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 So, but it's a little, but anyway, it's, it's whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. Wow. Just to set that this is uh early nineties that we're talking about then. Yeah. So so this would be like 90, like our first show ever was like, uh, early 94. Okay. So who are the hot local bands at the gym blossoms around at that time? Or I'm trying to think who the, the hot bands were locally. You know? Yeah. I think it was probably that. And like, you know, there, there were bands like, you know, dead hot workshop and like, the refreshments and yeah. Jim Blossoms, like that was kind of right about the time of like the the sort of Tempe bar scene, right? Um, and we didn't really ever fit into that scene because, like I said, like we were minors, so we could never play in that in that. And we honestly didn't like really want to be in that scene. We wanted to be more kind of like punk rock and DIY, and like um, and we didn't want to be like a bar band. We yeah. wanted to be like. You know, we wanted people who are like the difference between people going to like a bar and seeing a band is like there's multiple different reasons to go. Like I want to go drink with my buddies and have live music with our shows. When the kids came, like we'd play some weird place and they were coming for the music, you know. And so that was kind of like our feeling is like that's what we wanted to focus on and not being like, you know, part of a a bar scene. But it was also kind of also out of necessity because we couldn't get into bars. <laughs> Who influenced you? Which bands, like, would you say were major influences? I think major influences for us when we were starting out, and still now, a band called Fugazi was a big influence. Just like not only musically, but just kind of like their ethic and how they how they, you know, operated their band, which we thought was really cool. Um, and uh, we loved bands like Rocket from the Crypt. Um, that's kind of a an, an under underappreciated band from San Diego. That's a really really good band, um, and those are probably like the two most influential 
bands and those bands are still like influential to us today so what was the moment for you that you yeah. felt like oh my gosh like we made it like it, <laughs> we're not oh, just a, a local band anymore yeah. yeah what 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 was that big break moment for you guys well it's so it's funny it's like uh we played a show in, at the nile theater in mesa <laughs> and um uh, like and this is like probably about nine months into our history and uh an a and r guy from capitol records showed up out of the blue like we didn't even know he was going to be there and he was like hey i want to talk to you guys about like you know signing with capitol records and at the time we were like man like this is amazing we're gonna be huge we're gonna make it you know <laughs> and we eventually ended up signing with capitol but at that moment we thought like like it kind of became that difference between just kind of like a hobby to maybe this could be a job yeah. Um, and in reality, like signing that deal with capital really didn't mean anything other than that, like they just had the rights to us and it didn't really like we did two albums on capital. I think collectively both of those albums, I think didn't sell more than like 20,000 records. So it was like massive commercial failure. And then we got dropped from capital, um, and made bleed American, uh, on our own. Um, which ended up like, and then we sold that to DreamWorks and that ended up being the thing that like yeah. really mm. gave us our living, you know? So it's kind of funny how like sometimes you think, oh, I've made it. And, you know, because you're an idiot, you don't know what you're talking about. Like you have no <laughs> idea that, no, you haven't made it at all. You're just like, you know, it's, it's, it's not always just signing with the, you know, like anything, like when you're yeah. a sport, just because you signed with the team doesn't mean, doesn't mean yeah. anything really. You got to like grind it and get through it. And you, there's a long road to success after that. So it's the same thing with, 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 um, uh, music is like you sign with a big major label and you think, Oh, we've arrived. We're huge. But we'd show up at Capitol records and they'd be like, who are, wait, so who are you? And it was like the David Spade character. And I see you are. Yeah. And who are you here to see? Yeah. They're not available. Sorry. Awesome. You know. Side note. Uh, I, you remember where the old East Valley Tribune building used to be? Um, in downtown Mesa. Sort of. I went past the Nile a lot. I'll just yeah, say that yeah, coming yeah. out of work. Yeah. So I know exactly where you're playing. It's cool. Was it stressful? in that sort of period where you're wondering, is it going to happen for us or am I going to have to go get a real job? We didn't care about having real jobs. Like at the, at the, you know, even when we were on capital, like we had real jobs, like we would like do temp work or I know Jim worked like an art supply store. I worked at a printing company. I do a lot of delivery jobs. So, um, and the cool thing about that is we could go on tour, make a little bit of money and save it. And then, we wouldn't spend it on anything. We would just save it. And then we would go home and work jobs. Um, we never were really stressed out about that. It was just a matter of this is what we have to do to like keep this going. Um, just like the realities of life. I think that really only like in my experience with friends of ours who were in bands who were like better than we were or like should have been huge. Yeah. Um, you know, like life, you know, you meet the girlfriend, you go to college, you graduate from college and then you're kind of entering that phase of life. Okay. Like, you know, I got to either yeah. do this or not do it. And sometimes just the reality is of life, kids, you know, finances, you need to just say, you know, I, I can't afford to do this anymore. I got to get on with it. And, you know, fortunately, a lot of bands that are so good and so talented, like fall by the wayside because of that. And for us, we were just lucky that mm. right in that period of time uh, where I was like my wife and I were totally broke with a baby on the way and we signed our DreamWorks deal and it's like, okay, cool. Like, wow. this gives us a little bit of life. Let's move on. And then from there, we just kind of kept going. 
But that kind of leads us into what we're talking about when we talk about our sports show. It's similar to athletes. Like you get guys who are 17, 18 go, holy shit, that guy can play. He's definitely going to make it. Or it's not always the the guys that are the best at 16, 17 that end up being that as their lifelong yeah. career. So it's kind of similar. It's the ones that can stick to it, that hit at the right time with the right team at the right place totally. to make it into a career. So let's get into sports. So we know your your music background. So when you were growing up in Mesa, your dad's, you know, working in baseball, played in baseball. What's your sports passion? Like, did you play sports? Were you a little league? Like, what's your yeah. path sports wise? I played little league and I played Pop Warner football. Um, and then in junior high, I the 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 furthest I got with uh, football was I played junior high and then I didn't play at Mountain View. Um, and I wanted to focus on baseball at Mountain View and then got to play uh uh, played baseball at Mountain View all the way up through to my senior year and like halfway through my senior year I was just dealing with injuries and I didn't like my coach so I just quit <laughs> and that kind of coincided with like the band yeah. um, just kind of becoming more interested in what this band thing could be you know because I really you know even though at the time I shouldn't have had any sort of confidence or belief but like <laughs> Like I really enjoyed doing the you band thing it was a hobby. and I wanted to explore. It became yeah. like this new thing I really wanted to explore. Yeah. And uh, so it made it easier for me to say, you know what? I'm, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to play on this team anymore. I don't like my coach. And so I'm bailing. Um, and, uh, and then from then on, I've just been sort of more of a fan of anything. And like now my son plays baseball and, uh, and so it's been fun to kind of reconnect with the game through him. What Arizona sports teams, or were you fans of Arizona sports teams growing up, or yeah, what, what were your teams? When, I mean, the yeah, Suns were here. So in the portal I, I wasn't arrived. like I liked the Suns, but I wasn't like the Suns until like the Suns like had Barkley, and they that kind of captured my imagination a little bit. Never always the hugest basketball. I was always sort of more focused on football and baseball. Um, and with my dad kind of going or bouncing around to different organizations, I would kind of root for whoever he was working for, um, and then. When the Diamondbacks came, I just started kind of just, okay, this is just going to be my team, my main team. I'll, of course, support and root for my dad wherever he is. So um, probably the, you know, growing up, like ASU football, Diamondbacks baseball. And then um, when the Cardinals came to town, I wasn't like super glued into what the Cardinals were up to. I didn't really have any like connection to it until when they got, when Jake Plummer started playing. Mm -hmm. Then that's when like both my wife and I kind of, got glued to the team and we've been huge fans ever since did you go to asu or? Uh, i did not go to asu okay. well, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a i'm a scottsdale artichoke dropout yeah uh and so but my wife went to asu graduated there uh my dad played baseball there so i definitely have like and then all my wife's family went to asu so i definitely have i'm an asu person but i didn't go you say your dad played baseball for jim brock then or? yeah so my dad wow. played baseball for jim brock in Mesa, at Mesa High. Wow. And then he coached uh, for Jim Brock uh, when he, he was a, an assistant for Jim Brock when Jim Brock went to ASU. And uh, in 65, my dad played on the national championship team. Um, and then on in 81, he was coaching for Jim Brock. They also won a national championship then. So, and that's their last national championship that they've won. So. Um, so last year, I saw you perform at the phoenix suns playoffs oh cool yeah um what other sporting events have you performed at what stands out to you have you ever done a national anthem like what's your your history playing at sports uh so we did the two suns games so we did the the game the 
the series against Denver, and we did the series. Then we did, we did one game in the finals. Uh, we played halftime at the MLS Cup. Um, like this was probably 2005, 2000, no, 2008. Wow. Uh, it was the Houston Dynamo and the New England, uh, whatever their team is. But uh, we did that. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I'm sure. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Revolution, yeah. I think. And then uh, we haven't, we've never, like, so we've been asked by the Diamondbacks a lot of times, Jim, to sing the national anthem. And uh, he doesn't want it. He hasn't doesn't want any part of that. Really? Uh, just because not because he doesn't like the Diamondbacks or whatever. But he just like he's like that's a hard song to sing, I feel man. Like the national like, anthem it, would be scary to sing. Yeah, it is scary, yeah. you know. And I've tried to convince Jim to do like a guitar version of it, like a oh, Jimi yeah. Hendrix, Jimmy like Hendrix, yeah, exactly. What uh, but we've never done that. Um, and aside from that, I think that's it. Like we've been asked to do the halftime show at the Cardinal stadium. But the problem with that is a lot of the football teams like to put their, the, the performances on the field. And so because of logistics, it's hard to set up a thing in the field in the middle of halftime and rely on everything being yeah. set up sound wise. So what they do is they want you to play to basically to track. Like, so I'd be playing drums, but you're not hearing my drums playing. Mm. And then the only thing you're hearing is really Jim's vocal. So it's, it's like a, it's like a, you know, they're just playing the karaoke version of the song and Jim yeah. singing and we're acting like we're playing. And we're just like, we don't no. want to do that. We've been trying to convince the Cardinals to put the stage in the stands like the sun. Yeah, like, like have it in yes. the stands so that there's a sound check. Everything can be live. The fans are really right there and can be close to it and be so much cooler. But um, so I don't know if I'll ever do that. But maybe if they did that, we would totally do it. Yeah, maybe you could do it on the party deck at the Coyotes New Arena. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Do, you remember, yeah. do you remember when they, like when I started working for the team, it was back in America West Arena, and they used to have the dog pound, and they'd have live music on that mm -hmm. section where you couldn't see the ice. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that was, you're in the middle of it, and that's kind of the reward for having the really bad seats, is you got to have live music. That would be unreal setting like that's yeah. that's the sports and music mix that you want to see you don't i don't want to see you guys lip sync like, what, what good's that and, and play. It's, it's it is hard because what, the problem with that is that you're only going to attract certain like the 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 more discerning artists are going to be like no we're not going to do that so then you're not going to get like great you know options so i think that for like i think that's uh, it's always better put the band in the stands and like let them be close to the people and let them have a sound check where everything mm. sounds good but so hopefully we'll do more of it what would be your your dream sporting event to perform? oh man um well what would be cool like i know bands do like concerts at like wrigley and where it's not a sporting event but they're doing a show at yeah, somewhere at like or, uh, yeah like at wrigley or or fenway like that would be i would love to do that but like I mean, obviously, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure what yeah, those iconic that. stadiums throw Glendale in there, Craig. <laughs> Fenway, no, no, not so much. Not yeah. so much. So, what do you like? What do you follow now locally? What? Who is your team now? If if you had to pick one team locally, who are you following? I think probably the teams I focus the most on and know the most about are the Cardinals, number one, and then the Diamondbacks. Um, and I do like like. Also, as the Suns have, have gotten better, I've definitely been like more focused on that. What's cool is my daughter, I have a 20-year-old daughter, and she's never loved, never really enjoyed sports until the Suns team kind of captured her imagination. So she's like that's cool. watching games. So we watch games together, and that's been cool. So like getting more interested and uh, really appreciative of like Monty Williams. I really like Monty Williams. Yeah. Like awesome. I love when the organization has like 
you know, that foundation of a great coach and a great GM. So like, to me, the Suns are such a, in a, such a promising place, just moving forward long-term, like regardless of what happens this year or, so that's, that's been cool. But, uh, yeah. And, um, so probably mostly those three teams. So if, if the Coyotes played more of your music, might that change things? <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's the thing, you know, <laughs> yeah, so tweet, we, have, the we do have, have the, tweet. the tweet. Yeah. I just thought I'd offer a really cheap solution, constructive right? Constructive criticism, right? I mean, it's constructive, but it would literally cost you nothing, right? And and the song clearly works for the team who scored the most goals in the NHL, right? I think they had they have the most goals. Florida, you talking about Florida? Yeah, yeah they yeah. did. They have the most goals. So They're the song works, works right? Out. So they played your song more than any other song in the National Hockey Yes, that's true. And and uh, they've been really cool to us. Actually, they came last time we played in that area of Florida. They came out and um, presented us with like oh, Florida Panther jerseys. That's really cool. Yeah, awesome. it was cool. Like, like we were not expecting it. That's cool. And uh, they just kind of showed up, like, "Hey, you know, uh, we don't know if you know this, but we play your song after our goals." And here's like four rad Florida Panther that's sweaters. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're definitely going to get more into the conversation about music fitting into sporting events. <laughs> but before we do, um, we were talking about halftime shows and biggest one that people think of is the Super Bowl, which is already this weekend. And if you haven't signed up yet for the DraftKings Sportsbook app, be sure to do so this week using the promo code PHNX. And DraftKings is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. So if you bet just $5 or more, you get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, you can bet on Super Bowl 56 props instead. There's a ton of stuff to choose from, so take a shot at winning cash by predicting props like a non if a non-quarterback will throw a pass, fourth down conversions, total yardage, and so much more. Download using that promo code PHNX, bet $5, and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for more details. All right. So we asked you to assign a Jimmy E. World song segment. to different scenarios that could happen in a hockey game. And you sent in your songs. So which which scenario should we start with? Whatever you got on the list. You you decide. You're, you're driving the bus here. All right. I think the first one up is a goal a goal song, right? Yes. Yes. So this is so you chose the song Electable. Yeah. Sean, play it and then we'll we'll talk about why? <laughs> yeah, and hope. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta watch I, those copyright things too. But <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll, but, we'll get... but it has, you know what it has? It has everything that a goal song needs. You got something that the crowd can chant and sing along with. It's got a driving beat and it's rock and roll. Like that's what you need in a goal song. And it's like, what do you, if you, if you don't stop, you know, if you don't, you know, what is it called? Like, if you don't get the save, they say you give up the goal, right? He gave up the goal. So like, give you're saying, give it up. It's like, literally like, it's like, it's like taunting, Taunting it's like taunting the goalie. Like you just gave it up, dude. Love it. Love I it. love that. Yeah, we that's... need we need to make a pitch to the Coyotes after well, this. I mean, they're, hey they're man, pay attention here. <laughs> yeah, if you, right. if you want to we're score not more sued, by the way. Yeah. No, <laughs> you won't get sued. I think I think that's I, from what I understand. I think you guys will be fine. All right. All right. Um, next, and this, I don't even know if they do this in hockey games, but like a song when when there's a a fight, 
Um, and the song that you prose was Bleed American, which already from the title seems yeah. like it'll be good. So, Sean, go ahead and play that one. I love it. I'm Sugar like, on the asphalt. I love exactly it. Exactly. Same one that I'm. Yeah, that's what I always thought the name of the song was. I'm sorry. But. <laughs> Sugar on the asphalt. I love that one. It's great. I think I think that's a good fight. That's a, like when a fight breaks out. That's like a good soundtrack to it. You know. What do you like about it though? Like, what I'm just it? the energy of it. It's like yeah. it's kind of angry. It's kind of like uh, it's very. It's sort of like a high impact song. So it's 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 definitely one that when we play live, it it gets people going and. Um, you know, it just has to me. It just kind of has like that gritty, yeah, like dark energy to it. What about pain? Because I had the pain. I, I know it's more of a love, it's a, like a love song, but it's an angry love song. Like that's the one to me. I thought I I still get that same <laughs> similar energy. That's what I had as my. Let's fly. put it to Liam uh, just like you, you don't. Him. The problem with songs in sports, you want to be lyrically in sync to what you're talking about. Yeah. maybe that song isn't. But I just like the driving beat the of that energy. One too. The energy of that song. Too. Yeah. It's yeah, that that would be a good one too. But I think I think in, for me personally, I think Bleed American would be better. Okay. All right. The next one is an entrance song. So like the As team, they come out on the yeah, ice, the yeah. team coming onto the ice, and the song is "My Best Theory." Let's give it a play. does your videos by the way because that's, they're a, awesome. that's a crazy video i think uh we hate we hate being in videos so i think when we came up with the this guy came up with the treatment that we didn't have to be in it we're like yeah that's cool so, <laughs> whatever it looks like from that point on yeah um yeah but i think my best theory would be a good um especially like the intro of it like the intro of it would be a good kind of uh the intro is basically like just us playing the chorus without the 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 singing. But um, I always thought that that's like sort of a generally a really good sports rock type song that mm-hmm. you know it gets played a lot. Like you know MB like NBC Thursday night football games that have yeah. the, the Cardinals are in it. They play that quite a bit. But it's a it's a it's a solid option. I, I didn't I did wasn't in love with a lot of the picks for this sort of like anthem. But this is the one that sort of. I thought was the best fit, at least. All right, and then the last one was a win song, which this is the song. This is the song, the Florida Panthers. Yeah, and just to explain what you're talking about before. Yeah, I mean, you might have to, you might have to like fight the Florida Panthers for this one. (laughs) Well, if they use it for a goal, and the Coyotes can use it for a win, win. yeah, yeah. We won't hear it very often this year, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So this is uh, sweetness. I could song. see how that's a great goal song again because yeah. what PD said, it's something to, to sing along to in, in the stands for the fans. So I love it. Is it like, is there a better goal song? Oh, great. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, I grew up in Chicago, okay? And for a <laughs> while, it was Chicago all For the time. a while, it was you cool to be a Blackhawk fan and Blackhawks. enjoy Chelsea Dagger. And then, uh, <laughs> then some things happened and it wasn't. So cool to be a black that might be the longest anymore. running goal song in the National Hockey yeah. League, right? Chelsea Dagger, 
Yeah, in Chicago. It's pretty. And they positive. played it a lot. Yeah. I mean, that was ago. like I grew up on that team and waited and waited and waited for them to win a cup. Their last, their last cup before 2010 was 61. So like the mm. entire city, like generations were waiting for the Blackhawks. To right. Win yeah. When they finally it. did, it was pretty cool. And then they won three in six years. So, yeah. Well, I, if, the, if anyone from the Arizona Coyotes is listening right now, that is our proposal for a package for, for the. Well, I have one more. Okay. okay. Oh yeah, and yeah, I, you I, do. That's right. Yeah, like if I if if I upset you and you kick me out, now that's fine. It wouldn't be the first time I've done this. We're wondering if we could change the song, the name of one of your songs. Yeah, that I think best sells. That this hockey team is in a rebuild and they suck. Uh, okay, they're last. Right, but you have a song that kind of describes. It's okay to be where you're at. Yeah, you're no, get that's better. true. That's true. But I instead of the middle. Can we call it the bottom? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You're going to get better. Everything's yeah. okay. Just hang in there. Just do your best and try. I think like that's, that's the Coyotes actually, theme song. I think that's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good theme for the moment, right? Right. But it's not a good sports theme. No, because, no. It's the best. You know, it's like the last tell, place you want to be. Yeah. You don't want to say, hey, it's going to get better later. Like, yeah, we got to, you know, you want to basically say, let's, we need to kick some ass now. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, I think that that would be totally fine for now. That's Maybe. the anthem for right it's, now. It's, it's, like, okay, it's the rebuild it's reminder. It's going to get better. Anthem. Just hang in there. Keep trying. And that's kind of what that song's about to me. Mm-hmm. And I what? thought, we'll pitch it to Bill Armstrong. What sparked you to chirp the coyotes with that tweet? I got another story behind that because that was great. Well, so um, I think it's like, you know, one of the things that, you know, we're not super heavy social media users. You know, we don't like to get too crazy on it. But, you know, I do look for opportunities to relate to people in ways because I'm really the only one that that tweets from the, the the account like the other band members. I don't even think like use ever use Twitter ever. So <laughs> um, I just we, we follow the Panthers. So I saw them like, you know, and then I just say hey, fun fact, like these guys play the sweetness and uh they just happen to be the best team in the league right now. <laughs> yeah. and score the most goals like just like you do the math, you know, and then. Um, and I think the other part of it is like when I go to, um, when I go to like sporting events here in town, um, it's like, I'll go to like a Cardinal game and we'll never like, I've ne- I don't think I've ever heard like a Jimmy world song at a Cardinal game. It's crazy. But I've heard like fallout boy, like a million times there. And I was like, what, like, who's, you know, like at least like show the locals some love, you know? And it's like, so I think there's like a little bit of a maybe a chip on my shoulder for the fact that like, you know, we, you know, when, when I met sporting, it was like, man, they should be playing, they should be playing like, you know, not just us, but like other, other local people. But, um, that was the only, and so I just kind of took a shot at the coyotes because, <laughs> you know, I, and making kind of a dumb joke about how, like, it's just the only real difference is because one team's playing a song and you're not, I, obviously that's not true, but, um, anyway, it was just, I thought it was like a funny joke. Easy targets right now. A, a while ago, a while ago, like um, the 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 Golden Knights tweeted us saying, "Hey, we hate hearing your song every time Florida scores on us." <laughs> and I just responded, "Well, then stop letting them score. Like, like, like that's not our fault. That's your fault, dude." Oh my gosh! All right, we, we have to. Uh, I, I gotta. This is where we geek out a little bit, right? We got to get some tales from the road. Like when you guys have that breakthrough moment. What do you remember about your first tour? What are some of the 
the crazy stories that mm. happen on the road. We actually have a segment of our own called Tales from the Road, and I'll, I'll bet they get really wild <laughs> with the band. Uh, you know, honestly, like the 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 crazy stories on the road were more way more common when we were in the band struggling to get from one place to the other. Um, you know, like we were touring with some buddies of ours at a, and, and because we had zero money, we parked our vans at a campsite, you know, and like, just, we're going to sleep in our vans. And, but we were like out, we were, we had a campfire and I think some of the dudes are like, you know, smoking some, smoking some stuff or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. And the, the people next door to us, like called the cops and we got escorted, literally like escorted out of the county okay. line. <laughs> Come on. Uh, they said, you got to go. <laughs> and like, and, and so just stuff like that would happen. Or like we'd, we'd uh, spend the night at someone's house. And because uh, this would be the time where like we'd be like, hey, thanks for coming to the show. The, you know, eight to 16 people that are here. <laughs> right. We need a place to stay if anyone can give us some floor space, you know. Oh and, and then we'd go sleep in there. And they'd, come on. Like we'd go and they'd wow. be like, hey, yeah, come stay with us. And so we'd go and side unseen, just go and stay with them. And there was like this one, this one couple we went home with and it was pretty clear to us once we got there it's like we think this lady might be like a witch (laughs) you know what uh and like legit heard like cat screams coming from the garage in the middle of the night (laughs) and we're like dude and then when we woke up in the morning like we need to get the hell out of here asap see that's the stuff like like it's you you see the hotel rooms getting trashed all that stuff but that's the fun stuff yeah we never we've never trashed a hotel room we've never like we don't have a lot of the we're pretty like mild-mannered dudes you know um we're not we don't have we don't like to have a lot of attractions on the road especially getting older like you if you want to get through a tour and not break down or get sick or whatever like Mm. you kind of have to really like take and it the, easy. You that's know? where we talk about being an athlete yeah. and the yeah. similarities of their road trips and the coyotes had three and four and they're tired and oh they're crazy out having no, they're in they're in their hotel. They're sleeping. Like it's it is a grind. And yeah. so I'm sure for you, it's night after night after night. It's a grind. Like if yeah. you don't, you can't perform. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, when you're when you're uh, like it's always it's sort of funny, like the it always sort of works out. You go on tour and you come home. And if you don't get sick on tour, you're going to get sick right when you come home. Cause yeah. you're just like worn down and exhausted. And there's just sort of like an element. Like when you're home, there's like more times where you can kind of just, you know, really, really like catch a break or not do not be on all the time. And, um, so that's some of the things that I feel like when you, when we're on tour, um, trying to kind of really, uh, not push yourself too hard. Like a lot of bands like will go on tour and they'll like work on making social media videos or working on new music. And we don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. We just like, we're here to play a show and, um, and that's it. And so we're not gonna, we're just gonna like focus on that. And, uh, l- like the last few years I've been bringing my golf clubs out and that's been awesome wow. because wow, okay. I'll go golfing. You get to a venue in the morning. You don't have anything to do until four o'clock in the afternoon. And instead of sitting around the venue all day doing nothing, just like staring at the wall, like going to a golf course, like you feel like you're getting away from tour, like you're you forget about everything. And then and it's been really fun to do that. What was the first big tour where you were, you were like, wow, we're not sleeping on someone's floor anymore. We're we're actually we've we've kind of made it. Yeah. Like I would say we did some touring uh, 
probably the first big tour we did, which was really fun, uh, was we opened up for uh, Green Day and Blink-182. Oh, wow. Um, and it was called the Pop Disaster Tour. Um, and that was crazy because that was like, you know, a grind. It was like a lot of shows. Um, and yeah, it was such a cool that, and tours like that are awesome. Cause we just learned so much it was watching other bands, watching how other bands do it, like sort of behind the scenes stuff. And like it, so that was kind of like the first one. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah. How do you guys travel like domestically? Or I know you're going to Europe on this next tour. Like, how do you travel? Like, yeah. So if, um, depending on where the tour will start, like we'll fly where it starts and then a bus will pick us up. Sometimes we roll in one bus and then sometimes we split it up and do a crew bus and a band bus. Um, de depending on, uh, you know, depending on like the budget. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, uh, mostly just by bus and your, your same thing, fly to Europe and then there's, uh, there's bus companies that will get a bus there and, okay. Um, the buses in Europe are awesome because they're like double decker buses right. and there's like a little bit more it's there's more space. So are you playing? Nice. Are you writing when you're on the bus? What are you, are you just sleeping on the bus? Is it is it like an almost famous thing? that? Like, uh, yeah, sleeping or watching like we'll like binge watch like it will watch a show or something yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, it just sort of depends. But yeah, a lot of it is like sleeping. Yeah. So I my question is you your band has been around for a really, really long time. So how, like, how do you kind of stay energized and stay like up to date with the things trending and differently and the way social media has gone? There's just been so much over the last 25 years that's evolved and changed. So how do you guys kind of roll with that? And did you think you would still be like touring yeah. 25 years later? No way. Yeah. When we think about like how, like we're getting pretty close to our 30 year anniversary, mm -hmm uh it's crazy like we never would have imagined that you know when we started um you know i think for us we try to like i think one of the things that kind of keeps us going and keeps us uh energized is just always always working on new music and then in our minds having a really really high standard for what that new music is um and uh i think that kind of that 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 pursuit, I think, is the, the kind of a lifeblood for a lot of bands. Like once you stop writing new music, I think there's kind of some there's like a if, it's almost like when you as a band, you stop treading water and you're just like eventually it's just a matter of time before you start sinking. Mm -hmm. I think for us, we just like that that pursuit of new music and then that cycle of, you know, for us, we will go on. We'll release an album. We'll go on tour to support that album for like a year and a half and we'll tour our butts off. And then when we're done with that, we're so ready to like, okay, let's get back into the studio and Still, like work on something man, new. That's cool. After um, and then we work and then it takes a, a ton of energy and time. And uh, yeah, it takes a ton of energy and time and resources to write new music, record new music, uh, and then put it out again. And then you do it all over again. So it's kind of like these two modes that we get in and that like, I think that change always is exciting. And so I think that's just, um, if we stop making new music, I think there'd be some, it would like, we'd, we'd start losing some momentum. And so I think for us, that's the thing that always interests us. I wanted to ask you about that creative process. Like what's influencing you as time passes and, and what does it look like inside that creative process? What, how do you guys operate to 
create new music. It, it can look different, you know, like there's, there's times where we work on ideas that kind of spring from like, I'll come up with a drum beat and then th- it'll come from that, you know, like, uh, my best theory is a song where like that just started out with a drum beat and then we just built it from there. Mm. Um, you know, and then the middle is a song where like Jim was like, Hey, check out this song that I, like a demo I made where he like, he has like a, you know, comes up with like a, like a, he's, he can play drums enough to like get the idea down and you hear it and like, Oh yeah, that's like, that's pretty much, I mean the demo is the, the actual version of it is just kind of like a little bit of a polished version of the demo, but it's not that much different. So it can, it can go back and forth. Like, um, you know, so it just depends on, it can come anyway. There's not really one rule. Uh, to do it but um yeah it's it's been awesome it's for me it's just a fun collaborative process because we get along so well we have a similar point of view um you know just like it's it's been a lot of fun to to you know I'm super lucky to be in a band where we all can do that and it just feels right and not only that but we can take all of the 30 years of experience of writing music and making records and apply it to what we do now and it's it's just kind of it's satisfying because, you know, it's like anything. Every time you go through a process of doing something, um, the next time you do it, it's like you're just you're learning new challenges, you're hitting new limits, but then you're applying everything you learned before. So it's it's been a really fun process for us. So you've been you're coming up to your thirtieth anniversary. And do, do you ever look at it and go, like, what am I going to do when I grow up, or when am I going to get a job? Like I know it's hard, totally. work and I'm not trying to minimize the the work and effort. No, that no, I know Absolutely. it is. But do you ever go? what am I going to be when I grow up? What do I have to do? Like you're so fortunate this has worked out, but do you ever go, what am I going to be? Yeah. I mean, I think the pandemic really made me think about that a lot because, you know, we were, we had so much touring just down the drain, wiped out, like, you know, the normal sort of, you know, profit margins aren't huge for bands anyway. So it's like, especially for bands like ours, like we're not like, you know, selling out arenas. Right. So, um, yeah, you start to think about, man, like, what would I do if I didn't have yeah. this? And I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know, man. Like, uh, because, you know, I could, you know, a lot of the things that I am, am good at or can offer people isn't super, like, profitable out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one more uh, on those lines, too, like, the year after year of touring and how you've played some of these songs for a very long time. Do you ever get a night, you know, day 50 on the road and you go, Oh shit, I got to play this song again. <laughs> Do you ever get that feeling? No, I, I, we, I never feel that way. I feel like every show is just, it's like a game. It's like, it's another opportunity to deliver That's cool. an experience yeah. to someone. So it's like, it, it never feels old to play those songs. Um, to me, it's like, it's just, it's like every show is like another opportunity to get better at playing that song. That's like, cool. how can I play that song better? That's and so, so cool. that's the way I think we all look at it. Well, your new, your latest tour, I guess, kicks off very soon, February 27th yeah. um, in New Mexico. Is there a city or a venue that you're looking forward to playing on this tour? New Orleans. Yeah. I always look forward <laughs> to going to New Orleans. So it's like one of the, probably the best places to go on tour um, in the U.S. Huh. But you're like, and we talk about this on our show about athletes. They'll pick, oh, this is my favorite city. I like going to New York. Great restaurants or, you know, Vancouver's beautiful. You can get out and enjoy some nature. Do you get time? One, do you get time to spend a day in a city that you go, oh, like New Orleans. Oh, yeah, I can go have fun and explore this city. Mm-hmm. Or is it just I'm going to go to the bus, to the show, to the bus, to the next city? 
we always value like going and exploring the the place you're in. Like that's because I mean, that's one of the like biggest perks of the job is like you get to travel and see new places. And so like yeah, we yeah. tell our management and our the people on our team that we work with, like we'll go somewhere if we've never played there before. We don't care if we break even or like we'd rather just go like like we'd rather go and explore it and like see what has to offer, you know, and if it's like a so we, we're always down to like for like a new adventure or going to a new place. But even or in, in even if it's just appreciating the place that you're looking forward to seeing that you've been there, like, you know, love going to New York um, just because it's so different. You know, love going to Chicago. Um, there's so many great places to go. But like, you know, like there are places like we've never played in Alaska. We want to play there. Um, you know, there's there's definitely things on the list that we'd love to go do. We've never, never nice been to Iceland. We want to do that. Mm. It's nice to come home then after that. Too. Yeah, yeah, for That's sure. Nice. Has, what, what has it been like playing in different nations? Have any revelations from like adjusting to a different culture, or a different sort of audience? Or Yeah, the cultures can be a lot different. Like my main observation is, uh, I mean, I guess you, st- you could start like as far as like Japan. And the more... Uh, like that's probably the most like like Japanese fans are amazing, but when you're done playing the song, they get totally silent and they're just oh sitting there gosh. waiting for you. They'll clap, <laughs> but then it just stops and it's dead silent, and they're respectfully waiting for you to start the next song. Oh, wow, they're not talking now, and it's really eerie. It's really like whoa, like you know. Um, and then uh, the other observation I have is like, uh, as you start, if you start in like Europe and you work your way. Uh, westward all the way to like the California coast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the more west you go, the more uh, self-conscious are like like audiences are. Like in in the West Coast, like audiences are like almost scared to, you know, dance around or do stuff. But as you go to the East Coast, East Coast people are way more like just you know, physically enjoying the spit, like, you know, they're, That's they're, interesting. they're, they're less the inhibited, wow. like, like yeah. East coast is less inhibited. West coast is more inhibited. Huh. And then in Europe, it's like, maybe just because of the drinking age is lower. It's like, people are like, <laughs> they decide when they leave the house that they're going to just enjoy themselves and not yeah. care about what people think. And so that's sort of the main observation that the culturally, like, as you go West, the audiences get more self-conscious and inhibited. That's so fun. (laughs) That's so interesting. I really never thought about that. Um, There is a question in the comments from Arnold, who is our graphic designer for um, for PHNX. Do you still play drums at Trinity? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So my parents uh, like raised me uh, going to a church um, and I played drums there sometimes when I was a kid. And no, I do not play drums (laughs) at Trinity or really any other church. But he he did know that, so we'll have to. It's good follow. training, though. Like I would, I would totally recommend drummers do that because even if you don't like it or don't think it's fun, it's good training. Cool. Well, you've got a, a tour upcoming. I think we have uh, some of the dates yeah. right, that we can throw yeah. up there. I gotta ask, why no Arizona date? Yeah, you're killing us. You know, we haven't done like a, a normal headlining, like Phoenix area show, since 2015. So uh, it's we're overdue. I think we're trying to plan something like that this year but we don't have it like on we don't have it set or on like in stone yet okay but yeah i I don't know why it's just it's just the way it's worked out we have played like we opened up for incubus we did a show uh where we co-headlined with third eye blind um 
but we just haven't had like our own show. Okay. Well, right. maybe someday soon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we, before we let you go, we, we got to ask a few basic things. They, they forced me to drink an IPA on, on the air the other night. <laughs> yeah, oh, interesting. Work, work, work. Yeah. We made him drink beer on and get yeah. paid for okay, it. So that's cool. Where do you stand on the whole beer thing? Like what's, what's your beer of choice? So right now, like my favorite beer that I've been enjoying is uh, two, two Arizona beers I l- like a lot um, is Church Music, uh, the Hazy IPA from the beer shop. I love that. And then um, Tower Station from Mother Road. Okay. And so I think those are both categorized as like IPAs. So you probably wouldn't like them, yeah. but Tower Station <laughs> was one of the ones people yeah, Tower were Station was on our that final. Was, yeah, three. that made our poll. Yeah. yeah. So so you don't but you don't like them at all? Well, actually it was okay. It was like yeah, we said it's like mind. green eggs and ham. Once he finally tried it, it was kind yeah. of okay. I had some like I have a neighbor who is into really hoppy IPAs and I've always I've gone out with him a bunch and every time he's like, Oh, try this, you'll like it. I'm like, Yeah, I, I hate that. <laughs> I, I can't drink that. So what do you like? But well, I like I like Hefeweizens. I like okay. stouts. Yeah. So different different types of beers. I like amber ales. We yeah, I'm a red and amber too. and yeah. Scottish ale kind of guy. And that's what we used to do when I used to travel. Every city I'd go, hey, what's your local red or your local amber? And that was one of the fun things I like to do when I traveled around every city. What's your local beer? And get an opportunity to try those. So that was fun. Yeah. No, I, I used to like – it's funny. I used to like – it's funny how my, my tastes have changed over the years. I really used to like amber – you know, more amber red, like reds, like, you know, Kilt Lifter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like just over time, I think I just started gravitating toward the IPAs and liking those more. And then so I can't really go back to those other ones. All right, I got to guess, ask you one more question oh. here on your hot dogs. Oh, ketchup or no ketchup? <laughs> uh, I do on my hot dogs. This might sound weird. I do mustard and mayonnaise. Okay. Mayonnaise. See, Craig's from Chicago and you can't put ketchup on your dogs. Literally it freaks out. Yeah. You can, ketchup you can go to a Chicago hot dog stand and order a hot dog and it has like, 15 ingredients on it there's no ketchup on it and there are literally places that say I, no ketchup yeah I, I don't i wouldn't like i i it's not like it's uneatable if it's uh, or unedible if it's uh has ketchup on it like i don't mind that but i would definitely prefer like if 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 i had to choose it would be like a spicy mustard that's see that's wow. and then and then but for me like if there's no spicy mustard I'm going to get the regular yellow mustard and then try to throw just a little bit of mayonnaise on it. I've never heard of mayonnaise on a hot dog. This is the hard-hitting news and information that you can't get anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, try it. Like, And I know some people, because a lot of people say they don't like mayonnaise, but they really do. They just don't know they like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me oh and I. As gosh. they dip their fry in the aioli saying, oh, this is so yeah, good. Yeah, that's, that's mayonnaise. Right. mayonnaise. It is mayonnaise. That's right. Um, well, we mentioned all the fun stuff that we've been doing, so... Please subscribe if you haven't already to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel um, where we get to do cool stuff like this interview, which has been awesome. Um, wherever you get your podcast, PHNX Coyotes, like, subscribe, follow, become a member at gophnx.com to get access to all of the incredible written content we have. You also get access to the members only Discord, members deals on merchandise in the PHNX locker. So check all of that out. Any final questions? I got one question to take <laughs> us out of here. We were talking about longevity, 30 years, right. unbelievable, first of all. And the fact that you guys all get along, which is critical to the longevity of a band, right? Because mm-hmm. we've yeah. seen a lot yeah, of We're examples. working on four months and it's, yeah. it's, already, <laughs> it's already questionable. How long do you want to do this? Have you even thought about how long you want to do it? You want to do it like the Stones go into your 70s? and Sure, why not? Yeah. If you can, if you can do it physically, like, I mean, this is, it's such a, for me, it's such a fun and fulfilling experience to make music and like if i wasn't doing it formally in a group like jimmy world i'd be doing it on my own 
Mm-hmm. So, um, and the collaborative, like, you know, we're really lucky. I mean, that's one of the things that like people ask about longevity and like, I think luck is way underrated in society. <laughs> I think people like the difference between being, you know, successful or not, there's so much of it is luck. And I think we're just so lucky that we get along and that creatively we see eye to eye and like, that's just really a fulfilling situation. So it's like, why? why look for a way out of it, you know? And I think that's one of the things that also has made, kept the longevity going is that, um, like, I don't know, can, can you, can you cuss on this or not? Yes. Oh, yeah. So like the people ask us like, you know, why, how do you say so long? And Jim's answer is like, how do you fuck this up? You know, like, like you're getting along and you have fun. Like what's the problem? Like, and yeah. we never really understood like bands breaking up. Like that seems foreign to us, you know? So it's just, I think in our head, I think a lot of a lot of our success and longevity has to do with like how things start is important. And we were just like four teenagers in a garage and, you know, we saw ourselves as equals and that's how we are business partners. Like we're equals every every penny that we make is just split four ways and there's no arguments about it. And it's just like that's it. And, And I think starting in that spirit is like the thing that keeps us like we always kind of return to that whenever it's like we have a big decision to make like how do we so just that kind of guiding principle of like we're just four kids in the garage having fun like that's all this is it's like a, it's a team yeah that's Comes awesome yeah. Zach. come back to sports everything's sports yeah. and it's funny uh, being around pro sports and, and on the periphery music so many musical artists go gosh i wish i could be justin bieber hangs out with austin matthews because he wants to be an athlete and the athletes go oh my god i wish i could just be a rock star <laughs> it's just funny how the synergy between those two professions is so similar. It's so similar. Yeah. Like teamwork and like, you know, there's so many bands where like they're greater than the sum of their parts. Like, and that we're one of them. Like we are not like individually the most talented players, even in this town, even in our neighborhoods probably, but like collectively together, we figured out something where it sort of works, you know? And like, that's sometimes the thing with teams. It's like, you have these intangible qualities that that happen with a team that are hard to measure, you know, and like when it, you know, like talent doesn't always just deliver you yeah. the results that you yeah. want. Yeah. yeah, it's the luck, it's the magic, it's the chemistry. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's not just wow. the sum of the parts. That's great. That's Zach, awesome. can't thank you enough for doing yeah. this. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so no, much. No, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Thanks yeah, for having we, me on. We appreciate it. And once again, Arizona Coyotes, if you want to turn around your the season. Team success. Maybe you play some Jimmy Eat World songs. Thank you so much, Zach, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back live tomorrow for our post-game show on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. So tune in and have a great day, everyone.